Good morning, faithful listeners. You've tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey guys, happy Christmas Eve. So what are you guys planning for Christmas tomorrow? I know it's been kind of a crazy year, but hopefully you have some sort of activity that you can do to get yourself into the Christmas spirit, or maybe you're going to be spending the day with family or something like that, but I hope that you have a fantastic Christmas. Now, don't forget that at midnight tonight, I am going to be airing my Christmas Day special. So that will be midnight tonight. It's going to be a candlelit podcast episode. Now, of course, I'm not actually going to have candles required, but if you want to light your candles and feel really Christmassy and get yourself into that Christmas spirit, please feel free to do so. Light up your tree, get yourself a cup of hot cocoa, and really make this podcast event a great time for you and for your family as well. I will be talking about Isaiah chapter 9, one of the most Christmassy chapters in the entire Bible. And don't forget that is Midnight Tonight, a candlelit Christmas podcast event. So definitely join P40 Ministries for that and share it on social media. I have it on my Facebook the event that you can share with your friends and family to get them into the Christmas spirit tonight. If you don't have a Christmas Eve service that you can go to today, this might be a really good alternative for that. So definitely share it with somebody that you think might enjoy it. Now, I'm actually going to jump right into Matthew chapter 10 because I'm going to finish reading out the entire chapter because... I don't really see a good stopping point, but there is a lot to the rest of this chapter. So I might go over, I might not, I'm not quite sure yet, but we're going to be reading verses 16 all the way to the end of the chapter at verse 42. So yes, this might be the longest reading I've ever done. I'm going to be reading out of the Living Bible translation again today. I'm starting to like this this version of the Bible a lot, but of course you can read out of whatever version you usually read out of. Grab your cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and start reading. I am sending you out as sheep among the wolves. Be as wary as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be arrested and tried and whipped in the synagogues. Yes, and you must stand trial before governors and kings for my sake. This will give you the opportunity to tell them about me. Yes, to witness to the world. When you are arrested... Don't worry about what to say at your trial, for you will be given the right words at the right time. It will be the spirit of your heavenly Father speaking through you. Brothers shall betray brother to death, and fathers shall betray their own children, and children will rise up against their parents and cause their deaths. Everyone shall hate you because you belong to me, but all of you who endure to the end shall be saved. When you are persecuted in one city, flee to the next. I will return before you have reached them all. A student is not greater than his teacher. A servant is not above his master. The student shares his teacher's fate. The servant shares his master's. And since I, the master of this household, have been called Satan, how much more will you? But don't be afraid of those who threaten you. 
For the time is coming when the truth will be revealed, their secret plots will become public information. What I tell you now in the gloom, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ears, proclaim from the housetops. Don't be afraid of those who can kill only your bodies, but can't touch your souls. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in heaven. Not one sparrow, what do they cost, two for a penny? Can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And yet the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't worry, you are more valuable to him than many sparrows. If anyone publicly acknowledges me as his friend, I will openly acknowledge him as my friend before my Father in heaven. But if anyone publicly denies me, I will openly deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. No, rather a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's worst enemies will be right in his own home. If you love your father and your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will save it. Those who welcome you are welcoming me. And when they welcome me, they are welcoming God who sent me. If you welcome a prophet because he is a man of God, you will be given the same reward a prophet gets. And if you welcome good and godly men because of their godliness, you will be given a reward just like theirs. And if, as my representatives, you give even a cup of cold water to a little child, you will surely be rewarded. So I think you remember on Tuesday I told you that this was kind of a depressing chapter. And it sort of is. This is talking all about persecution of the church. In verse 16, Jesus says that he is sending out his disciples as sheep among the wolves. In other words, they are not going to be protected. They don't have a army with them. They don't have any police officers with them. They are just going out into the world as sheep. So Jesus says, be as wise as serpents, yet as harmless as doves. So he's saying, be wise. Make sure you can get yourself out of bad situations that come up but also be harmless. Don't hurt anybody. Don't do anything in retaliation. Don't do anything like that. Be wise, but also be gentle. But he says after this, and this is, goes on for several verses, he says, be aware because people are going to arrest you and you are going to be tried and even whipped in the synagogues. So he's saying to his followers that this is going to be a huge movement. The Christian movement is going to be huge. And I do believe that Jesus was talking in the future when he was telling his disciples this, the present and the future. And many people don't actually believe that. Some people believe that he was just talking to his disciples about then and there. But I do think that he was talking in the future because we see this stuff happening all throughout history and even nowadays. 
For example, it says in verse 21 and 22 that brother shall betray brother to death and fathers will even betray their own children because of the gospel. And we see that happening. That has happened throughout history, that the gospel divides families and families even completely give up their own family members because of the gospel. And that happens in many countries where the gospel is not allowed to be shared people will give up their family members in order to protect themselves. They don't want their family members who believe in the gospel to be a part of their homes because that could cause danger for them, especially if they don't believe that themselves. So we've seen this happen. It does happen. The gospel is not a popular thing to spread around the world. We know that for a fact. And Jesus is just saying here that this is what's going to happen. This is going to be such a huge movement that people are going to hate it. So he says, when you are persecuted in one city, continue to flee to the next. I will return before you have reached them all. Now, when Jesus says this, he could be talking in the future to his future disciples, his future followers that They should continue to move from city to city. But he could also be talking to just his disciples here. And that's what some people believe that he is saying that when he returns, he's talking about the judgment upon Israel, which happened in, I think it was like 70 AD when the Romans destroyed the temple. And that was considered the judgment of Israel. But I do believe that once again, Jesus is talking in the future, that yes, all the nations of the earth will have the gospel in the future, because that's clearly stated in Matthew, and I believe also Mark and Luke, that Jesus won't return until every nation has the gospel. But a disciple fleeing from city to city to city, Jesus will return before those particular disciples can reach every single city on the, in the world. So that is personally what I believe, though that might not be the case. But now Jesus goes on to talk about verses 24 and 25. And he's saying that, you know, somebody who follows me is not going to be greater than I am because I am the teacher and you guys are the students. If they are calling me the teacher... Satan, which we learned about that verse already, where they were saying that Jesus was able to cast out demons because he was the king of demons. So the Pharisees were saying in their hearts that Jesus was actually Satan, because you guys are not above the teacher. You're not above God. So they're going to do the same exact things to you guys. But he says, don't be afraid of them that threaten you. He says, the time is coming when the truth will be revealed. So we shouldn't be afraid of these people that are harassing us and threatening us because pretty soon Jesus is going to make them look like fools. You know, their plans are going to be revealed for the entire world to see. And they are going to be made to look like fools, especially the ones who are persecuting Christians and harassing us. It says that their secret plots will become public information. You know, that's going to be not just embarrassing, but completely 100% shameful for these people to have their secrets completely exposed. On top of this, we should have faith that truth will prevail no matter what happens. So the truth is going to prevail, which means that we can spread it without fear because it will 
take root. It's going to happen. People will see the truth, and God is going to make sure that that truth continues to get pushed forward. But to me, the most interesting part of this entire chapter was this verse. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach to the housetops. And I was really confused by what this meant, and this was verse 27. But Jesus is saying that this is not a secret. This is something that's supposed to be proclaimed. We are supposed to proclaim the gospel and spread it and make sure that it goes forward and that it's going to prevail. The truth will prevail. This is not something to be hidden away, to be kept secret. It's not just for us. It's not just for this little group of people that God has chosen. It's for everybody because God says that he doesn't want anybody to perish, but that all should come to forgiveness and repentance and the truth. He doesn't want people to perish in their sins. He wants them to come into the light and to become a Christian and have eternity with him and dwell with him. That was God's desire from the very beginning was to dwell with humanity. That's why he created us in the first place was to dwell with him. But we kind of rejected that. No, we fully rejected that. So God continues to give us second chances over and over and over. And one of those chances is to listen to the preachers and the people who teach the Bible because they are proclaiming the truth and the Bible is the truth. And this is what Jesus is saying. The Bible is the truth. Proclaim it loudly. Now, one thing that is very fascinating and I continue to see all over the place, especially in books that are written for women, is they claim that Jesus was a peacemaker, that he was somebody who came to give us peace and came to give the world peace. But Jesus specifically says right here in verse 34, this is from Jesus's own mouth. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. No, rather a sword. So when I hear and read and see people saying, no, Jesus was a peacemaker. So we need to be peacemakers. We can't offend people. We can't do this and that. No, the, the gospel is offensive to those who don't have the truth. The gospel is always going to be offensive because it is the truth. So Jesus is not bringing peace to the earth. He is bringing a sword. He is setting a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. So he's saying that this is what the gospel is doing. The gospel isn't bringing peace. The gospel is offending people and it's setting family members against each other. And this is even an offensive statement, probably to a lot of people, that the gospel is not bringing peace. No, it does say in Isaiah chapter 9, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, that Jesus is going to be called the Prince of Peace, and that he does indeed give each individual Christian peace. He absolutely does. But he is going to be called the Prince of Peace when he comes back once again and reigns forever and ever on the earth. He is going to be called the Prince of Peace because there's not going to be any more famine and sadness and wars. There's going to be nothing but peace, but that hasn't happened yet. What's happening right now is that the gospel is being spread and it's causing divisions among people who want to believe the truth and the people who want to believe the lies. And so the gospel is not bringing peace. And Jesus did not come to bring peace. I mean, at least not yet. 
Yes, he is going to come back and he is going to be our Prince of Peace who reigns forever and ever and ever. And there's going to be no war and no sadness and no sickness and just constant peace all the time. But unfortunately, until Christ comes again, the gospel will offend. And that's a poem I just made up right then and there. (laughs) Hope you guys enjoyed it. Now, Jesus concludes this chapter of Matthew chapter 10 by saying that if a person loves their family more than they love me, they aren't worthy of me. So in other words, if they want to just not offend their families with the truth, like they don't want to offend, and they instead become docile, they are not worthy to be called Jesus's followers because they're not doing what a follower should be doing. Jesus talks about the Great Commission, which is to spread the gospel to every single creature. And that is the first goal, other than being like Jesus, of course, as to what Christians are supposed to do. They are supposed to spread the gospel. And verse 38 says, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. So yes, we do have to take up our cross daily. And that includes turning away from lies. That includes turning away from sin and different hangups and habits and hurts that we have. I'm, I'm quoting uh, um, Celebrate Recovery now. I don't know if you guys know about Celebrate Recovery. But anyway, they, they talk about the hurts, habits, and hangups. And that they do this group for helping people get past those hurts, habits, and hangups, and basically taking up their cross daily to follow Jesus, even though it might be hard because you have these certain habits and these certain hangups that you you want to hold on to, but Jesus says, don't hang on to those habits. Take up the cross and follow me even when it's hard. Spread the gospel even when it's hard, because that is what a follower is supposed to do. We're supposed to be like the master or the teacher. Now, Jesus concludes this entire chapter by saying that if we do these things and we welcome people who are also doing these things, so supporting people who are doing these kinds of of ministries and helping spread the gospel, if we support these people both financially and giving them food and comfort and a roof over their heads, that we will be blessed in the exact same way. So we're supposed to take care of our ministers and our preachers and the people who spread the word of God. We are supposed to take care of them. Jesus is very, very clear about that. And he says, even giving a cup of cold water to a little child in my name is worthy of a reward. So this chapter can be concluded In three ways. Firstly, we are supposed to be like Jesus. We are supposed to be his follower. Secondly, we are supposed to spread the gospel. Thirdly, we are supposed to be unafraid. And fourthly, we are supposed to protect, help, and financially support those who are doing those things as well. So friends, I hope you have a really great Christmas Eve. I am off to my Christmas Eve service. I'm going to be playing the guitar at church today, so I'm excited about that. I hope you guys also enjoy um, your service or whatever you're doing as well today. Sorry, I went over time with this particular chapter of the Bible. It was a long one, but I did want to finish it out. It's a really great chapter to talk about and to discuss. So once again, there will be no scheduled episode for tomorrow, at least not at the normal time. It's going to be at midnight tonight. So spread the word about the podcast tonight. And you can check out the link that I have in this uh, bio of this um, podcast episode. And it will take you to my Facebook page where you can see the event 
that I am hosting tonight on the podcast. So enjoy that. And if you can't go to a Christmas Eve service, like I said, hopefully this is a great alternative to you so that you can hear the gospel and get yourself into the Christmas spirit and really understand why Jesus came to the earth. But friends, I want to ask that you have a very Merry Christmas. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.